Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. On the pod today, I have Lala Sol. She is a mind-body specialist on a mission to support high-achieving female leaders, teaching women around the world the art of self-love and manifestation through holistic lifestyle practices. I have been drawn to her for years and her ability to live free of the restrictions that society puts on us when it comes to what we should be doing and how we should be living our lives. Her spiritual journey had a huge influence on mine as I found her at the beginning of my discovery of spirituality and meditation, crystals, essential oils, the whole damn thing. She currently lives in Bali with her partner and her daughter, but has traveled the world and lived in so many beautiful places, contributing to her wisdom in spirituality, connection to the divine, and connection to the divine feminine. You will be enamored by the way that she holds herself, speaks so eloquently about her experiences, and shares tips on how to live more in alignment with our cycles and the cycles of nature. Please follow her on socials and take a look at her website, which is truly mesmerizing, and you'll see what I'm talking about. This is a conversation you will not want to miss, and will have so many nuggets of wisdom for you, I am sure. If you haven't already, join my Woo Woo Bestie Facebook community, where we share our Woo Woo journeys, wisdom, tips, and practices. Trust me, it's a place that you'll want to be in within the next few weeks if you catch my drift. I love you. Thank you for listening, you guys. Lala, welcome to the Unbranded Podcast. Like the last time I heard you were teaching English on an online platform so that was a while ago and that's Mm -hmm. when you were living abroad before Paloma like before a lot of stuff what Mm -hmm. what is what are you doing now yeah so wow that was a a long time ago that was when I first moved to Asia after I graduated college we me and my partner we went to school together and we decided to move to Thailand right after graduation And so the plan was to teach at a school in Thailand, but then we heard about this teaching online opportunity, which would allow us to travel and work. So we did that for maybe two years while we, I was developing my interests and I started um, learning yoga and all these like Eastern modalities, healing modalities, um, we started throwing events and got into conscious community. So that's when I started developing more of my own career and what I really wanted to do. And I discovered my purpose. So what I do now is I'm a mentor for women. So my background is in psychology and I was a holistic therapist before I started really traveling. So now I'm able to integrate 
all the worlds. So I offer women tools, like very practical real life tools to start living lives of alignment and fulfillment. So I incorporate like yoga, EFT tapping, and then we're meeting and it's like live high impact sessions. I'm so glad that you had the space to figure all of that out because it's very specific. And I know that you, you went through a lot to Mm -hmm. get here emotionally, physically with your cancer diagnosis and then all of your travels and then all of the different modalities that you were able to experience and explore and learn. Mm -hmm. It wasn't part of your upbringing. It was something that you discovered on your own journey, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. My upbringing, so I'm Colombian. My upbringing was very traditional, very Hispanic. I was born and raised in Colombia, and then my family moved to Miami when I was around eight years old. Um, So yeah, I grew up in Miami. My parents were hardworking immigrants, Um, but I always had this like adventurous spirit about me. I played soccer for most of my life. I played professionally. I played in college. And I think around the third year of university, I was completely burned out with soccer. It was my whole identity. It felt like my job. It felt like I had to perform in order to have my scholarship. And I had all these expectations of me. But what I really wanted was to study abroad. I wanted to travel. I had dreams of going to Africa and I wanted to discover my artistic side. I felt like I had all these creative gifts that I couldn't express. So I felt quite suppressed. And interestingly enough, that was around the time that my cancer was found. I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, which later I found out that the thyroid, the throat chakra, is the center of communication of creativity, of expression, of your voice, right? So this is a channel where we can really flow and express ourselves. And like I get goosebumps still thinking about it because when I start started to first learn about the chakra system, I was like, oh, of course, that makes sense that cells would develop abnormally in the center because I'm I'm living for someone else. I'm I constantly felt like I had a knot in my throat, like I couldn't express who I really was. So that's what got me on this path of wanting to discover a different way of life. And I felt really drawn to Africa. I studied abroad in Africa, in South Africa, wonderful experience. And then after that, I knew that I wanted to live abroad. I knew that I wanted to graduate and go right away. But when I told my family, they really did not approve. My dad was not happy pretty much. He didn't give me his blessing in the beginning and it was really hard for me and yeah, they they just felt like it was the opposite of what they had wanted for me. They wanted me to get a master's and have a career and then maybe later on in life travel. But I remember having a conversation with my dad because he said something like, well, in life, it's breakfast, lunch, then dinner. You know, you get, you get your job, you do this, and then after you can enjoy. And, and I said, well, dad, what do you want from me at the end of this? Like, what's, what's dessert? What, what, is, what is your wish for me? And he said, well, I want you to feel happy and successful and have everything you need. And I said to him, well, I'll get there. I just need to go on my own path, but I'll meet you there. I promise. And Yeah, and I did. And now I feel fully loved and accepted. But it took years of coming back home, more embodied, more true to myself, and 
my loved ones seeing, oh, wow, like this really is her path. Let's support and love and encourage her. But it was super hard in the beginning. Lots of tears, lots of feeling like I was disappointing them. That I can only imagine how hard it was emotionally, especially coming from a Hispanic family where family is so important and pride in your children is so important, especially as a first generation child of immigrants. That can be very hard to go against what their hopes and dreams are for you. And I just Mm -hmm. want to acknowledge the admiration I have for you and the strength and courage that it took to do the thing anyway, Mm -hmm. to go abroad anyway, because you knew, you felt in your heart and your soul and your gut that this is what you needed to grow and expand. And you trusted that instead of all of this external stuff telling you what you should be doing. Your work right now, it focuses a lot on the divine feminine, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. So right now for me, the divine feminine is a very nebulous term for me, which Mm -hmm. is why I wanted to speak to you so much. So I've purposely not done any research because Mm -hmm. I want to get all of your wisdom. I know tent like uh, I know the gist of the divine feminine and the importance of feminine and masculine energies and relationships and within ourselves and how they can be out of balance but I really want to get deep into the definition of the feeling of the embodiment mm. of divine feminine so throw Beautiful. it all at me Beautiful I love that So the divine feminine I mean I think it's it's very personal and it's it's a very personal path of embodiment and the best way I can describe it is we all have feminine and masculine energy and what I find is that nowadays a lot of women are disconnected from their feminine essence. What do I mean by feminine essence? When a woman feels safe when she feels like she has a foundation of safety and stability, like she's supported to be in her divine feminine, this is when she can really channel all of her gifts and connect to her purpose. The problem nowadays is that we have this toxic hustle culture and society has made women disconnected from who they really are. So a lot of women are operating more from the masculine. And what we learn in yoga is that women are are closest to enlightenment because we are more operating more from the body. We are emotional beings. We are highly intuitive. So when we can operate from our body, our intuition, our gut, that feeling as a woman, when you can really trust yourself from that place, magic can happen. Rather, the masculine operates more from the analytical brain more like the reptilian survival. The masculine wants to provide. The masculine wants to conquer. So when a woman is disconnected from her gifts, from her body, from her intuition, she's more like, I don't want to say like boss babe culture is is bad, but we're just going too fast and we're not creating space to just be and to listen, to listen to, is this really the life that I want for me? Am am I living life for me? Who am I really living for? So these are a lot of questions that women on the path of self-discovery start to question like, hmm, is this really all that 
that's meant for me. So they start to question, they start to question, you know, like their life and they want to just feel more connected to their gifts. And a lot of women that come to me, they're connected to this gift and they have an inner knowing that they're meant to share it with the world. But it's really hard nowadays to connect, let's say our purpose or our aligned gifts with making money. So Mm -hmm. I help women merge that and really merge their inner masculine to be entrepreneurs, to be their own boss, to have the freedom, right? So I think like one of my greatest core values is freedom. And I think a lot of women want to want to feel that and freedom can mean completely different to to everyone. But I think when a woman is connected to her divine feminine, then she is in her feminine essence. And wow, like we can really transform the world and bring a lot of healing, bring a lot of nurturing, bring a lot of love and creativity. So that's kind of what the divine feminine means to me. And I'm really passionate about helping women connect to what it means for them. Like, what are your core values? Is it freedom? Is it having a really safe, nurturing relationship? Maybe it's just being a mama and that's your divine purpose. And oh my gosh, what greater purpose than that? And Mm -hmm. so many women, like, I know so many women that feel that I was like that. I was like, my purpose is to be a mom. But sometimes the societal conditioning creeps in and we think that's not good enough. I also need to be a boss babe. And I also, I need to juggle everything and be everything And then women end up feeling super burnt out. I feel my dharma on earth is to just help women come back to themselves and get really clear on what it is they want. And we design that life that feels juicy and exciting and like a full body F yes every morning. Like, (laughs) yes, I love that. (laughs) So there are two things that I want to talk about. One, it can, going back to what you said about, Hustle culture, I at least feel like, I don't know if it's my social media algorithms or if it's the world and the country and in general, but it seems like there has been more of a movement towards moving away from hustle culture and more um, acknowledgement of the cycles of a woman and her, her cycles of productivity in alignment with her um menstrual cycle in terms of productivity. And I am hearing and understanding that as we continue to push ourselves out of our feminine essence and more into the masculine, it's more of an energy of force. And therefore, we're pushing and pushing and pushing, depleting and depleting and depleting because we're going against what our true nature and gifts and abilities are in order to adapt to a larger expectation that's not based on women. And it sounds like what you're telling me, and correct me if I'm wrong, the more that women can learn to lean into their divine feminine and act from that space, the more flow will come into their life whether that's in the form of like financial abundance, energetic abundance, successful abundance, whatever that means to them. Am I correct in thinking that? Yes, absolutely. And I love that you bring up the hormone cycle. It's something that I love to talk about and teach about because absolutely women, we operate 
um, with four stages of our hormone cycle. And at every stage, we need different nutrients. We have a completely different energy. We have different needs, different desires. Whereas men, every morning, they just have a rise in testosterone. And as the day progresses, their testosterone lowers. So a man can wake up every day and just go to work, hustle, do the thing. That's how the nine to five schedule was developed, tailored around men. However, women, we go through these waves, these ups and downs. We PMS right before we menstruate. We have a dip in in our hormones and it's a very drastic dip. And a lot of women experience anxiety and some depression during those dips. So that was one of the biggest things that changed my life was starting to live in harmony with my hormone cycle, to track my cycle, to track my period, know exactly what is going on in my body, get off birth control because birth control, I'm sorry to tell you, but it causes more harm than good. And um, when a woman is connected to the natural rhythms and can actually design her life, her business, her social outings around that, like it's really, really powerful. I'll give you an example. I design my business, my business and my business tasks around my hormone cycle. When I'm ovulating, when a woman is ovulating, this is when she is, you know, fertile. This is like, uh, like an animal out in the wild, you know, ruffling her feathers, looking for a mate. Our face is more symmetrical. Our speaking abilities are sharper. We're more confident. Maybe when you're ovulating, you're feeling like super social. You want to go out, be seen, be heard. So I plan to record a lot of my content or if I'm recording a course or something, I do it when I'm ovulating versus in my luteal phase right before I'm going to bleed. It's the last thing I want to be doing. I do not want to be on camera. I want to be introverted, cozy at home. I don't want anyone bothering me. (laughs) So when we learn to understand those rhythms, then we feel so much more connected to our bodies, more embodied, more empowered. And I think it's something that every woman, every teenager should be taught in school. But unfortunately, we're not taught this. And we're ta- there's so much stigma around our period and bleeding. Um, but it's our life force. It's our the ability to ovulate, the avil- ability to bleed. It really demonstrates like, wow, we are women and our body is doing what it needs to do. What would, how would it feel to actually work with this energy rather than like hide it or mm-hmm. suppress it and feel ashamed, you know? Right, right, right. Or force through it or force against <laughs> it and just drain ourselves completely. So you are in a really beautiful situation where you have complete control um, over your business and, and a lot of control over your life because you work for yourself. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean the dream, at least for me. And that makes it really easy to work around your cycle. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone's listening to this and they really want to work more in harmony with their cycle. And they really want to dip into that divine feminine and work from that energy, but they work in a nine to five male dominated hustle culture arena. What are some ways that they can integrate the divine feminine into that work life? Mm -hmm. I love that question. I love that question because um, there's a lot we can do. First of all, I would say to 
if you're on birth control, look into <laughs> alternatives. There are other alternatives. I highly recommend getting off birth control. I was on birth control for 10 years and um, it's just not good. There are ways that we can track our cycle to start to understand. Learn the four phases. Really understand your cycle. Even if you have a partner, allow them to track it with you. Communicate with them so you know you have someone supporting you through that. Um, even if you're working a traditional traditional nine to five after hours, you can still do many things to honor honor your vessel. Um, there's a lot of tools that I love to work with for emotional intelligence. I think as women, we're disconnected from our divine feminine because we're suppressing and repressing our emotions. Like I said, we're highly intuitive and emotional beings. And I think just starting this journey of understanding our emotions better, learning how to really sit with what the discomfort that we may be feeling. Maybe there's something from the past that we're carrying around, a previous relationship, some kind of trauma from our upbringing. And if you're feeling a call to to do that shadow work and start to start to do some healing, I really recommend emotional freedom technique. It's EFT. So it's a powerful tool that works with the meridians, the meridians in the body, the energy lines. And it's really, really simple. I have some free resources people can check out on my Instagram. Um, but basically, it's just this practice that allows us to process our emotions, move through them, and then release them so that we can make space for, I don't like to say like emotions are unhealthy or healthy. I believe that all emotions are healthy and are here to teach us something. But there are some emotions that are non-supportive, non-beneficial, that maybe are slowing us down. Um, I really work with this, this um, skill of emotion and this wonderful man, David Hawkins, developed the skill of emotion. He tested the energy frequency of different emotions and how they affect a human. And he discovered that the lowest emotion that a human can feel is shame. It has the lowest frequency. Because if you think about someone who is operating in the world, like overwhelmed with shame, what do we picture? We picture someone whose body language is maybe more com contracted, who is feeling isolated, someone who is not able to make eye contact. So I really like to work with the scale of emotion. And I start with my clients always at the level of shame. And if there's anything in your life that you're still feeling any kind of shame attached to it, I think it's so important to start working that out and releasing that. So I highly recommend checking out David Hawkins and this book called Letting Go. It's a really great intro into emotional intelligence. And then another tool that really comes to mind right now is the, the chakra system. It's another system that I use to understand energy in the body. So we understand that shame is found in the root chakra. And our root chakra as women is, you know, our yonis, our, our sacred, <laughs> our sacred zone. And a lot of women, we're holding on to shame in this area, maybe from some kind of sexual trauma or sharing our intimate body with someone who maybe wasn't worthy of receiving that. 
So I just really like to start there, start at the root. And if we're thinking of like a tree, the roots are how we're connected to the earth. So if you're not feeling safe in your own body, there's no way that we can build. There's no way that we can work up the chakra system to the solar plexus, to your heart, to your throat, to your third eye. We can't work up because there's such a blockage. So I recommend checking out the chakra system. Um, I also offer meditations to start to heal these different energy centers because really the goal is for our energy body to be flowing gracefully and easefully. And one of my Thai healers, this amazing healer that I met in Thailand, she taught me about the chakra system and um, how it should be flowing like a figure eight, like infinity. We should be really feeling connected to our sensuality and our purpose and our heart. We should live with an open heart and be able to communicate confidently and download insights. But if we're not flowing, if our energy is stagnant because we're repressing, suppressing and just go, 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 like you said, forcing and pushing, then we're not able to create safety in a container to yes, for like our energy system to be operating the way it's supposed to. It seems like the focus would be more on maybe outside of the workplace, doing practices that connect us to ourselves. And then from building that relationship, we can then bring that into our social and professional lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I find that a lot of times when, and it's also important to ask yourself like, if you're if you're working a job that feels okay and i understand that sometimes we have to do these jobs and of course we have bills to pay but what i find my experiences from work, working with women who are living jobs that are not feeling so fulfilling and are feeling super depleting and and they're feeling burnt out once we start this journey of connecting to these practices connecting to our own truths women start to create change. And Mm. sometimes, yeah, I've helped women like really move to other countries or design other jobs or launch that business that they've always dreamt of doing. And I do think that a lot of this work starts at the emotional energetic level. And then little by little, we get bits of clarity and glimpses into a, a better future that feels more aligned. And sometimes all it takes is reaching a state of courage to be able to go for it, to make that radical change, to make that leap. Even if people around you are not understanding, even if your own family is like, what is she doing? You know, I I think life is too short and too sacred and precious. And we're all, it's our own responsibility to live lives of full alignment. And I like working with women like that, that are brave or at least interested in discovering that bravery in them. You are a dream weaver. Mm. You meet with women and you, you are, do you recognize that about yourself from what you're telling me? You take women, you hold their hand, you listen to their dreams and you give them the tools and the um, guidance to make that happen. And you, you facilitate dreams coming true. And I hope that you understand the gravity and the magic that that is. Sometimes I I like, 
it's very easy for a lot of people. I don't know if this is true for you. It's always true for me that when we're doing objectively extraordinary things day in and day out, we forget how objectively extraordinary they are. And sometimes it takes a third party person to remind us of that sometimes. So I always try to be that person for other people. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. I've never, I've, I mean, I've heard of the term dream weaver, but oh, I received that. I love that so much. The facilitator of dreams. New yeah. Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. So we, we, you and I, we are women. We have an, an understanding of the divine feminine, or at least what it feels like and how hard it can be to be in tune with that in our society right now. But let's flip that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, I know that it's important to have balance, not only in ourselves of the divine feminine and masculine. And obviously that's so important to the success and the deepening of romantic relationships. But can you talk to me a little bit about how important it is for men to also find balance between masculine and feminine? Ooh, I love that question. Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, I think it's all about inner balance and discovering what feels misaligned in your own body. And for men, oh my gosh, toxic masculinity. I mean... (laughs) I have so much compassion for men and men who are on this path as well, who want to do the work, who want to understand the feminine and be more of service to the feminine and also connect to that part of themselves. And I think through men, it's, it's beautiful to do inner child healing. And I think a lot of that can be traced back for men, um, their relationship with their mother. If as little boys, they were told be a man or like, be a, be a big boy. Don't cry. Where as men, like I have so much compassion for boys and how they were raised and taught to suppress, same thing, suppress and repress emotion. So I think all of these tools can also be used for men, you know, emotional intelligence, getting on this path, understanding your past, healing, talking about things and inviting more softness, more activities, hobbies. I think yoga is a great tool for men. It's not a feminine thing. Anyone can practice yoga. It's super accessible. Um, It's a really great practice to connect to that energy body. And yeah, I think for men is like being around inspiring women, like badass women that they think like they can gain inspiration from. And rather than putting them down or feeling this competition you know, creating new patterns of not the toxic masculinity, not um, like working through, like forcing through things, but rather just creating more ease and softness. And I think when a man is like devoted to a woman and is in a sacred conscious relationship, like so much healing can be done there. And I've seen that with my partner, the way that he's over time connected to his feminine side and his emotions and just feeling vulnerability. I think tapping into vulnerability and feeling safe to express when something is bothering them or when there's something that they want to work through. So I've been able to witness that in, in my partner. And I think it's so beautiful, so sweet when there's healing in the masculine and when the masculine and the feminine can come together, that's powerful. I would really love for you to speak on 
the power that is the divine feminine. I think, I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but Mm -hmm. we are so conditioned to believe that these traits like nurturing, like being in touch with our emotions, like intuition are seen as weaker. But I would really like for you to speak on how tapping into those skills and and gifts is actually just an equal form of power that you would see in the traditional masculine. I love your question so much. <laughs> the power of the divine feminine. Yes. Um, wow. There's so much power. What is coming through for me, and maybe I can speak mm-hmm. on my own experience, mm-hmm. if, if that's okay. Yeah. When I gave birth and when I became a mama, I think that's that was like the ultimate initiation into the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. I think as women we have maybe an inkling uh, as to how powerful our bodies are. I mean, we have a hormone cycle. We understand that our body has the ability to reproduce, to procreate, to create life, to grow life. And it wasn't until I went through it in my body and saw my belly expand. Mm -hmm. And when I went through the birth portal and I birthed my daughter, like, Holy moly, if you are not a mama yet, like, let me tell you, you are powerful and incredibly capable. (laughs) You are so incredibly capable. I think for me, that was like, okay, we are literally a portal, a portal. We are a magical portal. Women are visionaries. Women have the ability to create life. And I think that really is the power of the divine feminine. And whether you want to be a mama or not, that power still resides in you and it's our responsibility to activate it. You don't have to become a mom to activate that power, but just being aware of that, like there is just incredible potential for us to be leaders, for us to be visionaries, for us to create the future, a future that's better for our children, for future generations. Um, And I think, there's nothing more beautiful and more powerful and sacred than that. Speaking of that portal, mm-hmm. I called it I called it the MILF portal because I think <laughs> I <about> love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about entering my MILF era. Yes. But it is <laughs> but it was <laughs> so wild. And I mean, I think all births are beautiful, all birth, all birth choices are beautiful. And also having that unmedicated experience through contractions is truly gnarly and Mm. otherworldly. Like, I don't know if I'm sure this was a similar experience to yours, like, but you are not here. You are Mm -hmm. not here. Mm -hmm. I was hallucinating. I was floating. I, you know, and you know, it was beautiful. And I, I try to, tell all of my friends, you know, even though my birth was like four days and I was laboring for three and then the seats and then all this nonsense, like I still had such a good and beautiful and transformative time 
laboring and it was such a spiritual expander for me Mm -hmm. because for a lot of people and at least for me it's the first time where you're faced with the fact that your consciousness and your body are two separate entities because Mm -hmm. as you're sitting through each of these contractions you have no choice but to sit and watch and witness your body doing what it instinctually knows what to do. And so through each of these contractions, you can't tell your body to keep contracting. You can't tell your body or your your uterus, your um, cervix to continue opening. All you can do in the middle of these overwhelming contractions is sit and watch and breathe and dive deeper as your body does what it is meant and knows how to do. And it's like such a beautiful relationship to be initiated because then you, then you, at least for me, I started, I started for the first time to see my body as an ally. Like my body is working with me and my body is working for my benefit. Even when my mind isn't getting in the way and it's working even better since my mind can't get in the way. Does that make sense? I kind of just went on like a, I just kind of blacked out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, I, I loved that. So true. I resonate so much. Wow. And I, I love that even though you didn't have the birth that maybe you had envisioned of a home birth, um, you still, the meaning that you took away from it was this deep transformation and you were able to still enter that state of surrender is the best yes. way I can describe it. Through birth, we really do, we have no choice but to surrender. And mm-hmm. if you so choose to have an unmedicated birth, I really recommend it because it's so cool to be able to just mm-hmm. feel I, I like couldn't wait to feel what contractions felt mm-hmm. like. I couldn't mm-hmm. wait to like push a baby out or breathe mm-hmm. a baby out. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to, it was maybe it's like a primal thing as a woman that mm-hmm. like I couldn't wait to breastfeed. Like mm-hmm. oh, like just experience it all in my body. And I, yeah, like you said, if we are able to just be with every sensation and move out of our own way. The, the body knows exactly what to do. It's perfectly designed to do this. Women have been birthing for hundreds of years and women just to, used to just go out next to a tree and just like birth with the earth. And I'm not yeah. saying that mm-hmm. medical intervention is harmful. I think like absolutely it's necessary and it's there for a, for a purpose, but there is so much fear around birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's actually so much healing to be done Mm. through birth. At least that's Mm -hmm. what I experienced. I love how you said you experience your body as an ally because I experienced that too. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I, it created so much mistrust in my body. And a lot of the work that I was doing was to learn to trust my body again, because when I found out I had cancer. I considered myself young, healthy. I was an Mm -hmm. athlete. So I questioned, how could this happen to me? How could this happen in my body? Going through birth unmedicated, undisturbed, it completely healed that. I came out on the other side of that feeling so victorious, like a warrior, 
Like, yes, I'm, I am capable. My body works. My body knows what to do. I created a whole healthy human and birthed her and I did it all on my own. And I wish that for every woman, if you so feel that desire to be a mom and birth, it's really, really transformative. It, it is like a psychedelic journey experience. Mm-hmm. You do reach another realm. You do reach another. And just imagine like if women were left to to do that more undisturbed with less intervention. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't think that we were really designed to birth in hospitals with those bright lights mm-hmm. and with like all of these strangers coming in and out and checking, checking us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what was your experience like? I know you you gave birth in the hospital, but how was your laboring at home for those three days? Awesome. Like, in if I were to do it again, um, I would probably just do it, me and my husband, and then, like, call the midwife at the last second because being <laughs> truly undisturbed is what really helped my labor progress. But yes. I would, I mean, yeah, when I, when I got the epidural, I felt nothing, Mm. but I would still choose to be at home unmedicated again. And I'm, I'm working towards and doing what I can to have an H bag. But it was, I mean, you're in your own bed, you're, you're going through contractions while holding your dog's paw. Like my husband was feeding me steaks in between contractions to keep my energy up. I could get into my own shower when I needed a moment to decompress. I Mm -hmm. had my own smells, my own comforts. And it was, I mean, it was ideal. And then when I was in the hospital, like no, I don't know who's coming to check on me. And even if I had planned for a hospital birth from the beginning, like there's still shift changes with all yeah. these nurses coming in. You're yeah. you're getting woken up every two hours to check your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, sometimes you're going to vibe with a nurse. Sometimes you're not, you're not allowed to eat. You can't like move as freely. Everything's bright. You, you can only create so much of an environment that feels comfortable to you. And when I yeah. was at home, like, I was with my husband. I was with my midwife who had taken care of me my entire pregnancy. She was the only one who was taking my blood, taking my blood pressure, taking my urine samples. Like I spent every moment of every appointment with her. She was the one that was talking me through my fears of being a mother. I had my doula with me who had been coaching me and texting me throughout the entirety of my pregnancy. These were all people that I trusted. And I created an environment that was mm-hmm. comfortable because it was my home and comfortable because it was people I knew and developed relationships with. And yeah. that's what I try to tell people when I tell them that, yeah, it's it's gnarly and it's overwhelming sensations, but I would mm-hmm. choose it again and again because mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's, I can do it. I can I can do it when I'm when you have that space. Now, mm-hmm. would I be able to labor unmedicated in a hospital? I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. It's it's not an, it's not a comfortable place for me. I don't want to be checked mm-hmm. every couple of hours. Um, yeah, I don't want to be disturbed in that way. But it was it was so beautiful, and I'm one thousand percent 
in line with you and and the way that you view birth I think it's beautiful I think we know what we're doing I think there's so much fear around birth and of course there's a time and a place when medical intervention is necessary but overall birth is not a medical emergency yes say it again sister birth is not a medical emergency (laughs) and honestly it was i loved when you said women used to like go outside and just like squat in the earth and i would literally say that to my friends while i was pregnant they'd be like so what are your birth plans and not only would i hit these like co-workers of mine with oh i'm having a home birth Mm -hmm. and they'd give me these weird looks i'd be like if it was up to me, I would be outside under a tree, under the moonlight, giving birth straight yeah. into the earth with my yeah. little my little Virgo Earth baby. If it was yeah. up to me, um, yep. that would yep. I mean that would be the that would be the ultimate dream. But mm-hmm. no, birth was so gnarly, so transformative, and then and then you get to that point where the contractions get so intense that mm-hmm. after each contraction, your brain releases that huge rush, rush of oxytocin. And then you mm-hmm. just get like high. I don't know if you oh. experienced oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like the only thing. Yes. Yeah. That was the only thing getting me through. I was like, I can make it through this contraction because I'm going to get those full body sparkles after. Mm. The, the ultimate full body sparkle, I love that, the full body sparkle <laughs> for me when she, was when she was born and she, oh. and, I, and she was on my chest and meeting oh. your baby for the first time, that is a moment that absolutely changes your life and makes it all of those hours of laboring or days or whatever you went through. It's like, it doesn't matter. Whatever you had to no. do to get there, now your baby's here. That was my... That was my mantra, what I kept telling myself, like, my baby's almost here, my baby's almost mm-hmm. here, and reaching down and feeling her head. Oh, and, oh just so beautiful. Thank you for beautiful. sharing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I think it's very unique that you were able to experience that contrast, that mm. contrast of that liberation and feeling so comfortable in your home and like loving laboring, even though it's probably gnarly for, I can't imagine three days. And then feeling the contrast of the hospital Mm -hmm. and and just Mm -hmm. knowing like, okay, this is how it's playing out, but yeah, I don't need this. And knowing that in the future, hopefully you can have your redemption home birth. And I so believe that's possible for you. I see that absolutely for you. I think it's so cool that yeah you had that contrast but you're still taking away that yeah that intuition that motherly knowing that you are capable and and you mm-hmm. could do it absolutely I do want to talk about really quickly overall in your life you live a very holistic lifestyle which is beautiful I remember you actually were the first person who got me into um, drinking mushroom powders oh. a long time ago. Um, and I think sometimes I have these very vivid memories of random things. You had like, um, you had bought it locally, like reishi, lion's mane, and probably cordyceps maybe. Yeah. And you would, or ch- chaga. And you would put the powders in your mug and you would let them sit 
for like 10 to 15 minutes. Is this sounding familiar? Yes. Before mixing them with water or Mm -hmm. milk of choice. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm going like, I'm watching all of this while I'm going through my own beginnings of my spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this might sound weird, but like you played a really big part in my in my spiritual journey. Oh, babe, um, oh my while, gosh. <laughs> while I was while I was watching from afar. Um mm. so I appreciate you for that. But you obviously are someone who has been on top of all of these things that I feel like people are like just waking up to when it comes to the way that we nourish our bodies and the way that we live our lives, not just in alignment with our cycle as women, but just living our lives in alignment with the -hmm. cycles of the earth and nature. Do you have any like foundational keys of wisdom when it comes to holistic living that people can start to incorporate into their own lives? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I remember that era when I started drinking Mm -hmm mushroom that oh my gosh that was so funny because that I remember I was in Thailand on an island Kopangan and we started learning me and my partner just nerd out about this kind of stuff we are always researching and learning and yeah this was years ago before like mud water and those mushroom uh-huh, uh-huh. companies started coming out and it was so funny because I was sharing my little mushroom lattes and people yeah. thought that I was taking psychedelic oh. mushrooms yeah, you're right. And people thought that I was just like tripping on mushrooms every day. every day. Oh my God. And I thought it was so funny and I just ran with it. And I was just like, oh, like, am I tripping or am I not? <laughs> Remember that too. Memory unlocked. Yes. The tips for living more holistically, I think rem- there's a lot of toxins that we're exposed mm-hmm. to nowadays in society. I think eating organic is very important. I think eating with the seasons of where you live and aligning with that and connecting with local farmers and trying to source as locally as possible makes all the difference. Um, If you're buying a lot of your food from a grocery store and there are a lot of ingredients that you can't even read or pronounce, you should Mm -hmm. probably not be eating that. I think it's as simple as eating as close to the earth as possible, like eating color, colorful foods that come from the earth, preparing your foods, learning to love the process of cooking, romanticizing your life and bringing mindfulness into every part of, of, of eating preparing your food, make it romantic, make it beautiful, make it a meditation, bless your food. That's something that really Mm. started to shift for me was like blessing my food and acknowledging, like doing a simple little prayer, like bless the farmers that grew these crops, bless the people that whatever, that brought this food to me, that made it possible for me to nourish myself. Um, So just bringing so much more mindfulness to everything you do. And I think that really started for me when I started to meditate in my life. And then I'm not just meditating on my matter and my cushion, but really bringing meditation to every aspect of life and bringing intentionality to everything. So removing toxins, there's, there's so many things that we can do from home, like not using artificial air fresheners or candles Mm -hmm. that disturb our hormones, 
making the switch to non-toxic laundry detergent Mm -hmm. and cleaning products. And it doesn't have to be this drastic, intimidating shift. It's just about educating yourself. And if you feel like there's a better alternative, give yourself the gift of doing the research. There's so many tools and resources online to just start living more clean. There, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so much that we have to be hyper vigilant about nowadays in order to be healthy, like detoxing our body. There's glyphosate that they're, they're spraying on our food. So it really is up to us to take radical responsibility for our own health and our families. And I think as women, again, this is the power of the divine feminine. If you, if you as a leader of your family, you're like, okay, family, we're not eating this anymore. We're transitioning to this. Like be the leader, be the visionary, be brave enough. I like what you said about being radical in this because we are literally swimming in toxins Mm -hmm. and it has gotten to the point where we have to be our own gurus when it comes to everything that we surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. Food and and cleaning products are like the most obvious ones, but people aren't even thinking about like body washes or clothing, the yes. kind of underwear. Yes, or- yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then t- tampons. tampons. I mean, I mean, we are literally swimming in this stuff. And also, yeah, it doesn't have to be a drastic, radical change. It can be no better do better. There's no shame in this. There's a lot of privilege in this as well. So you can make shifts slowly. Every every shift you make to something cleaner, your body is going to thank you for and a notice will be felt. And also when it comes to like cleaner cleaning products, all you really need is like vinegar and water at yeah, the most basic say- level. I was going to say, you can make so many of your own products. You can make your own deodorant, cleaning products. It can be really simple. Before I get into your five fun questions, my last question for you is, do you have any favorite books, resources, podcasts that you would recommend for listeners who might be starting either um, a journey into spirituality or their divine feminine um, or holistic living that you swear by and that were very important to you in this journey? Mm. Mentioned this book already, Letting Go by David Hawkins is a great one. I use a lot of his teachings um, in my coaching with my clients. That's where you can find the skill of emotions and learn some tools for emotional mastery. Um, I also like The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. I forget the author. That's another great one for understanding how the body stores drama, trauma <laughs> and drama. Both. Yeah. <laughs> trauma and drama. Uh, <laughs> those are two main ones that come to mind right now. Okay. Um, podcasts. I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm being honest. I don't really have a podcast rec. I would say the greatest tool is meditation. <laughs> okay. So you can learn to find and source those answers within. I know that sounds cliche, but I really do believe it. The best downloads I've gotten have come from stream of consciousness journaling oh, and yes. meditating on 
a mantra. I will find that Mm -hmm. if I'm seeking an answer and I can generate a mantra around it and meditate with my mala beads, usually around the beginning, that mantra starts to change and the download starts coming through and I start to be able to understand and listen to my intuition. Beautiful. That's, Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Yeah. I think um, the kind of yoga that I practice is traditional tantric hatha yoga. And if you're interested, yeah, if anyone is listening and is interested in trying yoga, this, this path I think is really great because my teachers say that we practice asana or yoga, the poses to be able to prepare the body to sit in meditation. Yes. not to be more flexible and it's not to like do these fancy tricks. It's actually to be able to sit more comfortably for longer in meditation because this is where we channel the downloads. This is where we connect to our highest selves or if you believe in a higher power, God, consciousness, source, whatever, this is where you can connect and have all of your answers. Mm-hmm. The biggest the biggest goal and like this path and everything we're talking about, the path of self-discovery and self-inquiry is to calm the overthinking mind. We are so overstimulated nowadays. There's so much input that we get, social media, just living in concrete jungles, that it gets really hard to silence all of that and connect to our inner knowing. So if you can just learn a few tools to calm the overthinking mind, start to connect to your inner knowing and your intuition, I think life will flow much more gracefully for you. And you can start little by little baby steps. Again, it doesn't have to be this drastic change. Don't be overwhelmed. And sometimes all it takes is a little bit of guidance and support. Mm -hmm. Um, A dream weaver. (laughs) Yes, that's what you are. So, so, so beautifully said. But I have five fun questions to ask you that are related to you specifically. Some of them are fun and silly. Some of them are more serious related to the topic at hand. Do you have a favorite ritual, tradition, or ceremony that you have come across in your travels? Oh, okay. What comes through is the Balinese people. No, not one specific ritual or ceremony, but it's the way that they are always in ceremony. They are always communing with other realms. And if you've ever been to Bali, you, you are driving down the streets and you're getting whiffs of incense. And there are beautiful Balinese women in traditional wear in the middle of a crowded, busy road with traffic. And they are just standing in the middle of the road, putting an offering to the ground with incense and praying. And it's the most captivating, powerful thing because even though Bali, where I live, is quite westernized now, there's a lot of foreigners that have moved here, there's a lot of Western influence, they have managed to preserve their spirituality and they hold the vibration here. And I think that's why Bali is so magnetic is because they are just always in ceremony. They take over the streets if there's a funeral, they just have a parade. And if you're there, if you need to get through that road, like, sorry, you're going to have to wait or find another way. And that for me is really inspiring. What is a topic that you could talk about all day? Birth, pregnancy, (laughs) 
Motherhood. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Gosh, motherhood is so magical. We need to bring back the magical attitude towards motherhood. I think mm. a lot of women are missing it. Yes. What is the best piece of advice that you have received as a mother? Mm, as a mother, oh, one of the early ones was the, what was it? The days may feel long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. Especially as a new mom, sleep deprivation and the learning curve and all the new things. I think keeping a mindset of presence and enjoying the little things and not getting caught up in the details, that really does help. Do you prefer morning or night routines? Mornings. Oh. I love early mornings. I'm a morning girly. I yeah. love the morning night. I love early the- girly. I love the mornings. I just feel so much like potential and yumminess. Oh. I love the sun and I'm very connected to the rhythms of the sun. So sunrise sunrises over sunsets for me. Oh my gosh, preaching to the choir. That's what I <laughs> Every time someone tries to argue about West Coast or East Coast of Florida, I'm like, you got to work to watch a sun sunrise. Anybody can watch a sunset. That's what I say. Okay. <laughs> Mountains or oceans? Oceans. Oh, love it. Love it. I go to the ocean every morning to watch the sunrise. And oh, she was showing off today. So clear water. And I just... Got in up to my knees and just was sitting in there, you know, swaying with the ocean, feeling it come in and out so warm. It was just glorious. There's nothing uh, like the medicine of Mother Ocean. There's nothing better. I, I've i noticed in myself that when I'm living on an island, when I've lived on islands in the past, is when I, I do my best, is when I'm thriving. It's like when I'm surrounded by water. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I just... Well, have you had your astrocartography chart read? No. Oh, that's the next thing you got to do. You have to see if you have a line running through any of those islands. Ooh, I have to check it out. I did look at that once, but no, I didn't pay too much attention. Attention. Cool. Okay. Lala, where can everybody find you? You can find me through Instagram. My Instagram is I am Lala Soul. L-A-L-A-S-O-L. There you can find my current offerings if you're interested in working one-on-one with me or check out some of my group coaching offers. Shoot me a DM. I love connecting with women all over the world and I'm here to be of service to the divine feminine. Beautiful. This was such a great conversation. We are soul sisters. We are on the same wavelength. This was easy. So much goodness in this conversation. I mean, so many people are going to benefit from this. So I so deeply appreciate your time and wisdom. Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Misty and loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.